Hey, what's going on, y'all? This is Mega Ran, creator of songs such as Avalanche and Infinite Lives. You are now listening to Adrian Has Issues. Turn it up. Maybe you'll learn something. Peace. Hey everybody, welcome to Adrian Has Issues, a conversational podcast celebrating the culture of creativity. My guest is Ro Panoganti, who's a recording artist, multi-instrumentalist, voice actor, chef? (laughs) 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 Which is a a pretty nice little bit of resume there, but he's known for his arrangements of popular video game soundtracks, including Legend of Zelda, Ocarina of Time, Banjo-Kazooie. Matter of fact, earlier this year, he released Metal Trainer, which is a progressive metal take on the music of the Pokemon Red, Blue, and Yellow generation, which honestly is the best generation. (laughs) (laughs) But now I'm super old in saying that, considering that, what, this year they just celebrated, what, the 21st anniversary? So um, Mm -hmm. it's been a while, but yet, obviously, there's a reason why that music's so cherished, and hearing his takes on it have been fantastic. But we're going to talk about that, plus some other great stuff. But Ro... Thank you for uh, joining me today. And uh, again, I appreciate you taking the time out. Thanks so much for having me, Adrian. This is going to be fun. <laughs> so something I was like talking about in the show, first and foremost, before we even get into the Pokemon, I'm always interested yeah. in talking about people's creative journeys because, I mean, we're always used to the finished product because obviously I was introduced to you through the Pokemon Metal Trainer album. And then I'm like, you mm-hmm. know, this is really great. I love this stuff. And then I started doing this deep dive into some other your covers, which um, shout out to my talking like a teen coast, Ashley. The two of us were pretty much just losing our minds over your Marvel Cinematic Universe covers. Oh, wow. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> so basically the question is, what would possess this man to, well, A, have this down and also just use that to mm-hmm. just make these great arrangements. So where does your musical journey start? Well, first of all, thank you. <laughs> I'm I'm really excited to kind of talk about that because, uh, like you said, everyone has a really different story and they all kind of come from different places. And musically, I grew up to immigrant parents who came from India. So my mom and dad grew up on British music, naturally, which has a big presence there. And, um, you know, they grew up hearing stuff like records that would kind of come down, passed on from family members who were visiting and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, growing up, I would hear everything from Pink Floyd, Led Zeppelin, ABBA, Bee Gees, like a lot of 60s and 70s music, uh, obviously some 80s too, but I mean, I'm 25, took me a second. So, <laughs> uh, you know, like all of these classics, disco and, uh, you know, the pop hits from back then were just ingrained. There's probably footage of me uh, dancing to like Fleetwood Mac. And um, <laughs> nice. I, that's the thing. Like the music was always kind of in our house as listeners. But when it came to playing music, um, you know, my dad played like the harmonica and, you know, he has a really good ear. I don't think he like realizes his potential as a musician. But he he put all that energy into other hobbies. And I, I started learning piano because my sister was – and I was like, oh, I got to be better than her. I got to <laughs> learn piano. But, and unfortunately, she ended up dropping piano and I ended up picking it over. <laughs> you know, it's 
So we kind of shuffled that around and eventually we, we moved around a lot. So I lived in Japan for a few years. And oh, wow. Yeah, it was a fantastically fortunate experience. My uh, dad had a job in sales and, you know, being an 11 year old kid who already is in love with Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh! video games and eats anything, <laughs> getting to go to Japan was probably one of the most significant moments of my life. That's amazing. Right. And but imagine like this is a kid who's like running on nerds and like <laughs> no sleep and you know like I can't keep still for lessons. So we brought the piano and I would play by ear so much. If you talk to musicians enough, you'll hear the phrase like perfect pitch or something. Mm-hmm. So by all measures, I think I might have it. Like I don't want to say I have it because it's it's presumptuous and or probably inaccurate, but I, I was just really good at ear and I couldn't sit down and learn like sheet music slowly. So I got bored with the piano. I kind of tried p- trumpet, recorder, and I was always in the back of my mind like, oh, that guy has a guitar. That's kind of cool. But I, I, I was always like shy. I felt like judged whenever I liked things too much. So I, I felt like I was pushing all of my like experimental like feelings down. And then all of a sudden, like, I moved back to US and I went to summer camp. This guy had a guitar. He was playing all this Pink Floyd stuff and Green Day and all these things that I knew. And I was like, wow, this is a really cool social instrument. Let me let me see how I feel about it. And then my sister was just like, hey, mom, dad, you should let Roe learn guitar. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I remember I remember to the day, like my dad was a little skeptical. So he was, um, he told me, Roe, if you learn this, you're going to have to play at least five years, and, like take lessons. And this was like, 11 years ago, 2007? No. Holy crap. Wait. That was like 12 years ago. But that kind of makes sense because I'm going to be 35 actually tomorrow. Um, sure. So oh, happy birthday. <laughs> thank you. But um, we, I guess we're kind of like in a generation where doing things like that creatively, it's not that it's necessarily frowned upon, but, you know, not everybody mm-hmm. necessarily pursues that as necessarily a career. And, you know, I, I think mm-hmm. our parents, maybe for a certain generation, it's sort of like, okay, that's something you did maybe as a hobby, but that was something you, you know, did at your own sort of leisure, but you also then have to get, you know, maybe mm-hmm. what was some consider like, <laughs> I want to say a real job, because that, obviously that's denigrating every musician I've ever spoken to. Or not. You're saying it in like air quotes, I'm Ex- sure. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's the, oh, that's cool, but you have to get right. some, a little bit more stage. But I'm like, no, but sometimes it's just... Being able to do that and get the go ahead for that, that's actually really remarkable. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, like being allowed to take lessons and learn an instrument for any purpose at all, it's a serious like blessing. And, right. um, you know, anybody who's been able to ever be given that kind of opportunity or even to have an instrument that you can hold and teach yourself, I, I feel like that is magic in itself. But I was also lucky because, um, this is what seventh grade row. I've got a couple friends. Nobody's really into music. And I, I found that to be a pattern throughout high school that I was never quite into the same kind of music as everyone else, but I was always just, I'll learn anything if it means I get to play with someone else. So like I was picking up lessons and I had like a little Dave Mustaine kind of moment. If you're familiar with like Megadeth mm-hmm. or anything, <laughs> like I, I tried, I tried out for the band. I, I wanted to do a talent show and I had like one friend who played drums and, uh, you know, we didn't have similar music tastes, which is kind of unfortunate because now I feel like I, I like a lot of the bands he used to like. <laughs> right. But, you know, we were awful. I was awful. He wasn't <laughs> half bad. Um, so we tried out. We did like Queen's crazy little thing called Love. It was pitiful. And then uh, my drummer ended up playing with a different guy. 
And I mean, what? like, at the time, I was just like, that's cheating, man. What yeah, are you doing? like, you know, you made the commitment, you know, got to see it through. Now I'm like, oh, my God, there's so few musicians. I'm not surprised you're playing in, like, five different acts. And that's how high school ended up going. So I had that, like, out for blood kind of like, all right, every day we're going to the basement. After I finish all my homework, it's just guitar playing and leaving Disney Channel on. This is this is the secret to <laughs> uh, practicing guitar. You need to leave mindless TV on, but, like, keep it on mute, subtitles on. Turn on your metronome and just... One, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, and get into it until you're like, <laughs> you got the exercise. So that's pretty much the musical journey of, of me getting to the guitar. And once I found a couple other people in the YouTube uploading scene, I was like, okay, can I do this? And I mean, I, I have pretty, I had, let's say more strict parents back then than I do now. So I was always like, maybe I shouldn't show my face on the internet. This was back in the days where the internet was slightly scarier and less. By slightly, you mean like very. <laughs> like anonymous. Like I used to go to the GameFAQs message boards instead of Reddit. Like mm -hmm. it was a different time. But you can imagine just like, okay, let's do one video. Got to cut off my face. Okay, here I am. And the weirdest thing uh, when I compare those videos now, which are mostly all deleted to now i was like skinny as all oh, hell like i didn't eat or something like it was just so strange I, I i mean i felt normal but looking back i clearly was not chowing down but anyway so i made a bunch of crappy videos they were all like metallica solo cover van halen solo cover you know like i hope somebody sees this he he like 10 subscribers you know only sharing it with like my dad and that's it kind of days. And slowly, like I met all these different people in high school. And eventually I just saw like a couple of people doing video game songs. And I was like, okay, let me do movie songs. And then I was like, okay, let me also do video games. And all of a sudden, like I went to, uh, you might be familiar with Family Jewels. Um, back then he used to host more like streams and like community events. To right. That effect. So all of a sudden I like bumped into people who are now like my best friends and, you know, community spawn, fast forward through time, eight years of video uploading and counting. And uh, I've learned a lot of instruments on the way because, you know, as you make music, right, as you make your craft, you want to buy more gear. You want to, like, try to branch out a little. So I picked a bass guitar. I started practicing my singing a little bit. I bought a banjo this year for God knows why. Uh, I picked up the sitar and tabla, which are, like, traditional Indian instruments that I thought could bring some of my own, like, micro-heritage fusion to my music. And, you know, uh, here we are, October <laughs> 2019, uh, still going. You know, as I'm listening to you tell me the story, all I'm thinking is, yes, they supported it, but you have to, like, dedicate yourself to it. And to have mm -hmm. that sort of ethic with it, like, early on, you know, not everybody necessarily has, especially when you're young, where you're just kind of figuring oh, yourself yeah. out. So, you know, mm -hmm. it's like that thing of, well, I gotta, which I thought the really funny part to me was the Disney Channel part, where <laughs> <'cause> <laughs> oh, it sounds like something I would do. Like, even when I edit podcasts, I'm like, I gotta have, like, some ridiculous movie on in the Netflix background. on. Right, yeah. either Netflix, usually like uh, like old kung fu movies, and it's amazing how much that helps me focus. I'm like, okay, it's not just me. Thank you. No, it's so helpful, <laughs> and uh, like I, I don't think anyone really goes out of their way to dismiss that. I mean, for you, it's old kung fu movies. For me, it's been you know everything from like The Office. Sometimes I'll leave like anime on mute or something. 
It's funny, speaking of which, like I read an, a manga excerpt and the guy said while he drew manga, he would rent DVDs and play movies in the corner so he didn't feel like alone or something. Like he had like some invisible support. That's remarkable. Let me find out if this is an actual thing. I just thought it was just like strange. Like, okay, cool. I feel so validated now. I, wa- I want to figure it out. The leaving something on in the background syndrome. Because obviously I can't leave music on, right? Right. <laughs> that's the one thing I can't. So like Netflix on mute with subtitles or something, you'll be like, oh, haha, they did that. And then you go back and sometimes obviously you have to turn it off. You got to focus. But other times it's like, hey, what's <laughs> what's wrong with that? Like I'll leave. I think I binged uh, Marvel uh, movies while working on um, like some After Effects projects that were huge this year. And I, I mean, like I went through the... <laughs> The whole MCU while just doing this, and it was like so- whole like twenty six, twenty seven movies just going through it. Yeah, I mean, you have to own it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there is no shame in the fact that I've watched those movies top to bottom, yep. left to right. So yeah, don't worry. There's, <laughs> <Good>. <laughs> this is like a judgment free zone. <laughs> good, good. I'm making my way through the DC movies now, just a little more casually. It's not as fun because they're kind of new and not my favorite, but I want to do it. But they're starting to get there, like little by little, between like Wonder Woman, Aquaman. I enjoyed uh, Shazam the most. I think easily Shazam. But like you said, Wonder Woman and Aquaman are the other two that I liked. And um, Suicide, no, I think Batman v Superman would be the the pit. That would be the one that you leave on while you're doing something really monotonous. Yeah, because basically that at that point, oh god, like every DC fan's gonna like <laughs> scream at me, but that's okay. Um, it's okay. I love Batman, so <laughs> it's not like a hating thing. It's more like a curiosity. Yeah, because the movie to me wasn't great, so it's like, okay, either I could work on this thing or I could sit and watch it. And I think that's why maybe I watch movies that I'm not necessarily well-versed in, because if you're, sure. you're right, because if I had watched like the Marvel movies, I would probably sit and watch them even on mute. But if mm-hmm. I'm watching something I'm not too familiar with, it'll keep me from getting locked in. So you definitely have that over me when that only just speaks volumes to your concentration levels. That's also true. <laughs> it's a running joke with my friends because um, sometimes they'll be like, what are you watching? And I'm just like, oh, I've been leaving on like this series while I work on music. We're all musicians. And th- now it's just a running joke that I always have Breaking Bad in the background <laughs> while I'm finishing like 20 covers and stuff. Like I'm some hyper productive machine, but I'm really just like sitting here every day trying to like claw my way through stuff and not go to bed earlier. So <laughs> the fact that you've been doing this for as long as you have and going through your YouTube page, seeing just video after video and not for nothing. And I know you, of course, have experience in videography. They're not necessarily these like low produced videos. Like there's some really good quality and editing involved in it. Thank you. <laughs> like, and that, and I'm just saying that because it's mm-hmm. not just a matter of, okay, I'm going to sit in a chair and there's kind of like this almost looks like stock footage of me playing. Right. Like there's, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of work that goes into these videos, which of course is more time, more dedication. And the fact that you've been right. able to do these videos. Uh, and these covers, not even just for albums like uh, Metal Trainer, but just stuff for your patrons on Patreon or just maybe some stuff that mm-hmm. you did with, with collaborators. Like, that is a lot of time and a lot of effort. So, again, even though Thanks. you may not <laughs> see yourself as being productive, that's a lot of stuff to put in. I appreciate being recognized for <laughs> the video side is kind of curious, but um, around like 20, what is it, 2017, I basically graduated and uh, up until that point, um, I, th- I think it speaks to like the confidence I had in myself. As I mentioned, like I think I slowly accepted that whole like 
I don't care what other people think if I'm invested in this kind of feeling. And I really started to feel like, hey, if I take this seriously, if, you know, my friends and my viewers and listeners take me seriously, then I have to take it seriously if I want to get where I want to be. So um, I moved basically, uh, you know, after I graduated, got a job, my own place and all that. And I was like, okay, my time is my own time. I'm not in school. Let's make some like videos. And I started reaching out to friends. And one of my friends from college, um, Dennis, he's not necessarily into metal. Right. Uh, we don't play the same games per se. Terribly nice guy. But he is a photographer, videographer, and he has like really solid ideas. And I was definitely like, if I ask him today, I was like, with our first video, he, there was pushback and like, I was scared. I was like, hey, Dennis, you know, I, I need someone to hold the camera. But <laughs> I, I just want to show myself shooting guitar and stuff. And he was like, so, you know, coming from a non-guitarist perspective, it doesn't look so hot. You know, it just looks like someone playing an instrument really well, but it doesn't talk about the game. It doesn't tell a story and stuff. And he would always bring up other very mainstream, very well-known videos like Lindsey Sterling and all these uh, film crew, like huge budget kind of channels now. And I was like, but it's just you and me. And it was always, it was like, it was like that stubbornness. And eventually, you know, he, he proved that my, you know, my fears were dumb. And we, we started doing these like story videos. From that point on, whenever I would have help, I wouldn't do these bedroom, you know, guitar plugged in couple angle videos i would i would really try to make the video as artistically interesting as the music and you know once uh, i started roping more friends who who were still here while um you know because we all graduated we kind of stayed in the same state or so on and eventually like we started adding props and stuff we added you know crazier ideas dinosaur suits um <laughs> and you know this year i was lucky enough to be a part of a documentary by um a friend of mine peter gillette and he's literally a film student. <laughs> so, like, as I started thinking about it and diving into it now, I'm like, I kind of want to make, like, movies <laughs> out of this. No, that'd be great. You know, m micro movies and music videos. But it makes total sense. And given that a lot of these arrangements and a lot of your playing, you know, leans a lot more towards, like, the progressive side of rock and metal. Mm -hmm. What is something that Prague does so well is tell a story. Maybe linearly, like, mm -hmm. or non-linearly, like, the fact that even if there's not necessarily a full-blown concept, how movements tend to shift in between each other, they do tell at least some form of story. So mm -hmm. I think in a way, now, if you were to transition doing more film-related things, I think that would just only enhance the experience in that regard. That's a really good point. And it's not always easy or obvious. And with time constraints, especially, I feel it's not easy to do every single week like some sort of masterpiece or like some sort of, uh, you know, effect crazy nonsense. Well, yeah. And I, I've definitely gone off the deep end to where I was like, let me pull back and start like, instead of just experimenting, like, let me, let me relax a bit. So there, there's little hills and valleys, little places to squeeze them in. But Halloween, obviously, um, we're talking kind of close to Halloween. You know, everyone in this community just gets so excited to, scare people do their favorite you know scary video game songs or make music videos that are all at night and stuff so it, it ropes you back in just as 
just as I want to cool down. <laughs> Which is funny you say, like, cool down, but um, I did like that you did post the one video, what was it, um, Pumpkin Hill, which is oh, one God. of the yeah. most <laughs> underrated songs from Sonic Adventure 2, uh, something that, oh, like, man. me and my stepson, we always kind of, like, even though we kind of say mm. it as a joke, I think we kind of came around. It's a cheesy song, but it's you love cheesy, it. It's cheesy, but Knuckles got bars. Like He, just <laughs> he does. I, I mean, I, I truly love him. That was like actually one of the lucky times where, um, you know, as you mentioned, I do Patreon like many artists and, uh, I do requests where, um, I'll pick a theme and then people can kind of vote for their favorites. And, uh, that was the favorite, right? <laughs> so, uh, I grabbed my buddy Colby and, you know, we were just like, all right, we can't straight rap because we can't rap. But what if we bring in some like Rage Against the Machine, some genres that we do know and, it's just fun. I mean, what was it? Two years ago, I did Aquatic Mine uh, for April Fool's Day. <laughs> There's no reason why I did it. I still don't know why I did it. But it was just like, there wasn't really a joke to it, per se. It was a really weird video of me pr- being in like some strange love affair with Knuckles, because right. I am. And, <laughs> you know. But I think you had said it yourself. There was one, um, I don't know if it was like a tweet I had read of yours where you had said, it's like, it's funny how like the joke slash meme song. Oh, yeah. Like, they, it, they, you know, they meant to kind of be like these sort of fun bits of you end up getting like really into them. You get so much more into it and happier with the results of memes than you do the serious songs to where I recommend people make more jokes and gags and use those to practice like their skills. Right. So people will just be too so busy laughing, they didn't realize you were learning. Was that also the case with the Sonic the Hedgehog Gangsta's Paradise cover? Because I'm sorry, I yeah. at no point <laughs> have I ever like I mentioned at the top of the show that like I think I might have like hurt myself a little bit headbanging, and one of the songs was the Gangsta's Paradise cover. Oh, man. Because at no point have I ever thought to myself, you know what this Coolio song needs? A circle pit. But yet <laughs> <laughs> That was I mean, this is an example you'll see of my uh let's say less wise but also wiser side when it comes to youtubing uh i'm sure you're aware it's a little bit more cutthroaty now than before youtube will only show your video to some of your subscribers unless you're getting a lot of views in the first hour or first day so you know anytime you are first you stand substantially closer to getting any viewage. So the way I viewed Gangsta's Paradise was, okay, this Sonic movie looks absolutely horrible. This song <laughs> choice is really weird. Granted, I mean, I like it. I I like Gangsta's Paradise. I like yeah, it's a good uh, song. Decent <laughs> of rap and hip hop. Yeah, it's catchy. So I was just like, you know, a clickbaity idea would be for me to do Gangsta's Paradise. Now, a clickbaity idea that I could do with integrity would be to do it, but just fill it with all of my favorite Sonic songs and themes and just riff off of that. And I'm sure someone will dig it anyway. So uh, I did that in one night. Really? Yeah, I work in IT, so I'm like nine to five. Come back home. At lunch, I arranged the whole thing on a piece of paper. You know, all my ideas. No, like, music notes per se. And then I just went at home, did the drums, programmed them for an hour, uh, cooked dinner, and then... uh I think I tracked all the guitars in the bass because it was a lot of repetition, right? Right. And then uh, I filmed by, I remember like eight or nine-ish, 
filmed just a couple of angles. And the only good shot of that video for me is the thumbnail, which is me trying to copy Coolio, you know, with like the half, like the half covered in shadow look. Cause I remember the music videos, like Coolio and, uh, the guests, uh, rapper, like back to back. And I was just like, okay, let's edit this. And then I edited that in probably an hour, nothing fancy or frills. And then I, you know, just saved it for the next morning, posted it. And I was just like, I would feel more shame, but you know, here we are eight years <laughs> later on YouTube. Right. Cares? <laughs> I-, I had fun. I like both songs. It's not like I'm selling out or anything. Absolutely. And that's kind of the point and something, and I know this sounds super cliche because I say this a lot, but if yeah. you're not having fun making this and some projects maybe aren't necessarily quote unquote fun, but if you don't necessarily, I should phrase it like this. If you don't necessarily believe in it in some regard, you wouldn't have done it. Like even exactly. though you did it in a day, I wouldn't have even known that just from listening to it. So, you know, it makes sense. See, that's the fun part. I, I, I like that you say that because a lot of the time, and this is where Twitter becomes um, very Twitter. <laughs> um, you know, there, we'll get into these discussions with various like people. And a lot of the times people are like, I don't know, kind of like very verbal about whenever people are covering too much of one series that's popular and not enough of this other one or this and that. Mm. And I'm like, yes, <laughs> at the <laughs> like do what you want should be like our, our shimmering mantra here. Like, and uh, the other thing, like you said, sometimes it's not fun. Yeah, this is hard work, but if you put your name on it and overall, you know, you know why you're doing this, then, you know, I feel like, you know, you could do literally anything. And right. uh, sometimes you have to cover a gangsta's paradise so that everyone will watch you when you do whatever your real, real, real passion project is. So, I mean, I guess it doesn't bother me as much as it would bother pretentious younger Roe. <laughs> you know, and that happens. And it's funny talking about this more, and especially since um, what I talk about now is a lot is music. And just even just five years ago from like, 10 to even 15 being so opinionated about things that really in the grand scheme of things just are not super important and i mean that's what you felt at the time but as you get older you know like that ridiculous saying where people are like oh you stop listening to music once you get near your 30s or in your 30s like no i just think you stop caring about a lot of stuff that used to trip you up earlier like you know for years i used to be like oh i you know teen pop or you know maybe these certain sure. songs are like oh that's not real music because they're not playing instruments i'm like now the, the other day like <laughs> it's gonna be me was on playing uh, while i was out dinner with my girlfriend one day and oh, it's like i know all the words of the song that's not by accident <laughs> oh no especially when it comes to uh 90s pop and mm-hmm. you know 80s music stuff that were like nostalgic and or i mean i i think still it's objectively catchy you know what are you gonna do yeah, it, it it gets you. And that's the thing, as much as you try to, like, buck against it and being like, oh, I'm going to be taken seriously, you know, I'm, you know, big time, you know, music fan, and no one could ever know that I actually, like, hummed to a Carly Rae Jepsen song, like, who are you, bu- like, who is that hurting? Like, it's not that big yeah, a deal. It's, like, <laughs> It's literally just music, man. Yeah, like, they're not going to, like, chase you down to, like, the old mill with torches and pitchforks. This isn't Frankenstein. Right. And, like, <laughs> like, ultimately, it's it's not like we can really control. Like, the way I see it, if you like Backstreet Boys, it's no different than if you like the color red. Like, at the end of the day, are you really able to explain it? Like, you right. just like it. <laughs> you and just do. You just do. And that, I mean, like, that's how I feel about a lot of the game music I do, a lot of the metal bands I, you know, listen to and stuff. And like, 
you can't just keep justifying things. <laughs> you don't have to justify why you love the weird hobbies you have or the things you like. You just do. Exactly. Between the stuff that you covered, you covered everything from, you know, some of like deeper art, like Japanese RPGs, like Octopath Traveler, like Banjo-Kazooie. Sure. And it's like all these things, they're video games. And yeah. <laughs> there are things that you enjoy. And even if you maybe certain games you have maybe a deeper appreciation for than others, but obviously something mm-hmm. caught your attention and made you want to then work on some of the music for it. But at the end of the day, it's like, how would I be or how did someone else be kind of experiencing that being like, oh, well, he did a Mario song. but So why is he doing like a Zelda song? Like, it doesn't that part. Right. It's like, no, like, did you enjoy it? And if not, cool, maybe the next one will. Right. And I mean, like, it's a really deep dive into like the, uh, you know, with the video game community. Sometimes it goes like, you know, we start asking, okay, do you like Zelda? No. So are you going to listen to my cover? It's like, no, because I haven't played Zelda. Uh, And that's the challenge I think we face being cover artists, because, you know, the second you cover a song from like a series, your music kind of wears that uh, series like if someone doesn't right. like Mario, but you made a really cool Mario cover, you know they may miss out. So like I always consider that challenge when it comes to covering uh, a lot of my favorite music because it just happens to be that my favorite series tend to be pretty popular. There are some that aren't. You know I know not everyone's into Earthbound and Mother. Uh, I know not everyone's into like the random SNES games or PC games. I you know. I'm into but when it comes to like zelda especially like with my last albums i felt like it was really going to be challenging to get non-gamers into it or non-zelda fans into it so like those are things i do consider um, right. or even with metal trainer and i mean like the pokemon community is pretty excitable and it's not as scary but the second someone sees pokemon i don't want them to run i want them to like be like, oh, let me try this because I, you know, might like the music that happens to be based on Pokemon. And I think what's really cool about Metal Trainer and a lot of your other arrangements, covers can be a lot of different things. They can be, mm-hmm. you know, note for note takes on it, but they yeah. can also be, again, nonlinear, like Prog tends to be. But what I thought about what was cool about this album was the fact that it's informed by Pokemon. Mm-hmm. But after a while, as you kind of, again, progress through each movement, they sort of take on a life of itself. Especially I was thinking about one of my favorites was the Mount Moon okay. uh, track. <laughs> and I thought it was really cool because at first it's like I hadn't even put up the track listing at all when I was listening to it. I was just kind of letting it flow. Right. <laughs> which is something else I want to get into as well. But it took me a couple of minutes to even acknowledge the fact that it was a Mount Moon song. I just kind of thought it was, oh, this is cool. And then, of course, as you pull into the main melody, it was such a seamless transition into maybe the parts of the song that, like, from the game, you're like, oh, okay, I recognize that. As I'm listening to these songs, I'm like, man, Pokemon's a lot more intense than I remember it being. <laughs> <laughs> it might just be like I gave it the DC reboot <laughs> with Metal Trainer. <laughs> the, the gritty Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, the gritty Pokemon where um, where Pikachu spins off and doesn't listen to Ash anymore. And, and Brock <laughs> is dead for some reason <laughs> when the show starts. It's just his green vest on the <laughs> And uh, Koga's mustache is, like, digitally removed or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's like Officer Ginny turns in her badge and becomes, like, a crime-fighting <laughs> vigilante. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I shouldn't have said that. Now I kind of want that project. Idea for any artist listening, uh, please make a Joker <laughs> poster in the style of uh, Pokemon in some way, shape, or form. Maybe, like, Jesse, he ditches Jesse. <laughs> 
Uh, <laughs> or oh, like a <laughs> like a Joker uh, reboot. Yeah, the Mr. Team Rocket origin story that no one wanted. See, and I think they have the best origin story because you know you have the one child who was you know orphaned and homeless, and then you have someone who's this absolute rich snob, but yet completely went against everything he was groomed to be. And then the two then somehow become best friends, but then also working for this pretty evil organization. This is a Netflix original, like, waiting to happen. The right? way you describe it, it's like... Like, they have a pretty... I don't want to say dark, necessarily, but yeah, it, it's pretty intense. It's, it's deeper than anyone else. And they're working for this company that is as unscrupulous as it possibly could be, but then there's times where they realize, hey... We've actually done some good. And that's that constant thing with them. It's like, you could be so much more than working for Team Rocket. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like there's so much to mind from with that. <laughs> there is. I get really excited about Team Rocket. Don't mind me. <laughs> <laughs> with, um, like, the Mount Moon track, it's funny. That uh, was basically a remake of a 2014 cover I made. What I sadly realized is, um, so Pokemon is definitely one of my first games I've ever played, obviously. Obsessed with the very first generation and second generation. Um, trickled away a little bit as I got older, but, you know, there's just something about the magic of Pokemon. And what I realized constantly was in 2019, when, you know, yourself and me and these people who love generation one and the first early games and maybe in the show, um, I kept thinking, like, why did I love and obsess and freak out over the show, mm-hmm. but not, like, dive into the competitive or anything like that? And I realized it's because I love the adventure and, like, loving the Pokemon for the Pokemon's sake. So every track I put into Metal Trainer being, like, remade or otherwise was – it had to, like, match that adventurous first-person feelings that I had, you know, as a kid playing uh, Mount Moon – was like literally the most frantic thing in my entire life. Yes, a thousand times yes. Because like, think about it, you are you don't know where to go. Every time you see a Zubat, you're getting more confused and angry. Every single trainer, like I feel back then especially, you read every piece of dialogue as if an adult just told you it. Like, <laughs> like literally, if this, if so this person said go home, I would be like, shoot, I guess I have to go home. You know, this guy's got an onyx, <laughs> you know, I gotta listen to him. He's the one in charge. Like, you get so worked into the world, and I I just wanted so badly to dissect that in as short a time as possible to make the album. So, I mean, like, the small things that come in Mount Moon, like at the beginning you mentioned, like, it just starts playing, um, and, you know, every track fades into each other in some way. But I also put in a lot of um, Foley sounds where I could. There's a lot more reverb and echoes like a cavern. And um, you know how like uh, in movies, caves always have this weird ominous looming sound. Mm-hmm. So I figured like playing bass guitar with like some more chorusy effects like akin to Rush would do. I thought like things like that could kind of settle in. And this was uh, the only song that's played on an eight string guitar. Uh, I think on, no, this is one of two songs played on eight string guitar on the album, which I thought would be kind of like, it's gratuitous, but that low note when done just right, I feel like it gives you so many cool options for range. 
I personally don't feel it is gratuitous. I mean, one of my favorite guitarists, sure. <laughs> uh, Stephen Carpenter from Deftones, oh, sure. um, you know, famously uses eight string guitars, but there's just such a range in tone to it that at first I was like, eight strings, why would you need eight? Six is fine. But I was like, no. <laughs> until you start playing, you're like, oh, that's why you need those strings. If I had a nickel for every time I heard that exact sentence, though, why do you need seven strings? Why do you need eight Why strings? wouldn't you need seven strings? I Like, that's the default now. <laughs> like, right? I, I consider myself... Very much a, a seven-string player for 80% of applications. You know, the 20% being my bluesy side. Um. <laughs> Which I, speaking of your bluesy side, oh my gosh, okay. So one of my favorite themes is the Pokemon Hospital theme. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but so when I actually first uh, listened to this, because I tend to do this a lot with my music listening, where sometimes I'll actually start by listening to random tracks first, mm. then... After I do that, then I'll listen to it as one like long, oh my like gosh. as basically from like top to bottom. I know sure. I get super like weirdly nerdy. No, I feel like I, my album's horrible for the shuffle. Like I didn't think of that. No, this is actually the point. This is why it ended up working. It's because the first song I played was Pokemon Hospital because I'm like, okay, I know that song. That's gonna be really good. I'm gonna start off with. Okay. And that song did not play out even remotely the way that <laughs> I thought it would. And yeah. this is meant to be complimentary because, again, I did that thing where I had all these expectations being like, mm-hmm. no. And this is one of those moments where I had to sort of correct myself because, one, listening to it out of sequence was not going to do it justice. Mm-hmm. And also, <laughs> just the way like the, it transitions in and then back out in Pokemon Hospital and also just how you went more bluesy with it, it's a, it's a decidedly different take than I'm used to. And I'm like, wow, right. this is... <laughs> This is really cool. I actually want to get into it a little bit. So what was going through your head when making this one? I appreciate that you ended up going in order too, but um, it's kind of curious. So like I said, Pokemon, of course, is an adventure for everyone who played, uh, for everyone who watched the show. And this is one of the first albums where I really kind of assembled. Um, and at first I was just like, let me make a bunch of singles. It'll right. be easy. I like Pokemon. Who cares? Then I was like, I don't like that. I I like Prague. Why am I trying to be something I'm not? So I decided to kind of chronicle the story of of a trainer going through the game. So obviously, uh, you get to the center after the wild battle. So there's like a let's a let's say a pretend story that you know you have to go to the hospital. Your Pokemon just got injured or something. And then I was thinking, and this is where we get into like the DC reboot of of VGM <laughs> albums. I was just like, okay, what would be a really cool song to reharmonize? Which, to my music understanding, word means you take the song and kind of change the underlying chords, which gives it a whole new kind of flavor. Sometimes mm-hmm. it can sometimes it can just be more fun and jazzy, but I felt like, what if I just made Pokemon Center minor, but, you know, that's not enough. So I was like, what if I made it sound like an episode of House where, like, the Pokemon is literally on the brink of death, like Trauma Center under the knife, but Pokemon. And yeah, that's that was where- intense, man. <laughs> like, that, once I heard, like, the, the, the heart monitor going, I'm like, wow, this, this, is, <laughs> this is getting deep. This is one of the few songs on the album that's original, meaning I didn't remake an old cover. Like, I visualized the video I would make for it as, like, a serious hospital thing, but with Pokemon plushies going through, like, the rounds and IVs and stuff. And, I mean, I haven't gotten around to that yet, but there's heartbeats going on. At the beginning, I was joined by a couple of my friends, um, my friend Mark and Cecil, and just, like, a lot of people I was, like, 
uh, hey, could you pretend to be a doctor for me and send me like 30 seconds of improv? So I layered like all these different things and they were so cool. They, you know, there was someone like, that's okay, Psyduck. Come on, that's a good Psyduck. And like, <laughs> come on, Squirtle. And um, I, of course, being the theatrical over the top person I am, was just sitting in my room and I was like, all right, we're in a hospital. Pokemon are around me. They're dying. What would I say? So I like started, you know, I think towards the final big choral ending, I said, like, we're losing him. <laughs> and I was just it's like, so wild. That's too dark. But at the same time, I was just like, this is. It's it's like the people who make fan fictions and stuff. You have to learn what they're doing. And so, I mean, I had a lot of fun with that. And uh, I hated the song. I thought it was the weakest track and everyone's going to hate it. Uh, so I added uh, one of my best friends, David Russell, piano extraordinaire. He has been on every single album of mine since 2006. Oh, wow. I think maybe even 2005. Um, he's a fantastic improviser. And he always adds like a bit of soul to everything he plays. So the piano you hear in that song is all him. And, you know, the the bluesiness is very David Gilmore from Pink Floyd, one of my hugest inspirations. And I feel like if you're going to play a song about the most adorable franchise <laughs> in the world. Why not go Pink Floyd? <laughs> yeah, why not go Pink Floyd? Why not give it that like hurt so good kind of style? So I just went for that. And at the end, I was just like, you know, if this was an episode of ER or something, you know, there'd be a choir. So I just layered a bunch of singing. And eventually I was I was so flattered and happy to hear this was like a weird this was like the fan favorite so far, people have told me. And I'm like, Yeah, because you really struggle okay. stuff on this one. Because again, it's so different and like mm-hmm. it just really conveys such a clear cause even on the show, like I mean, I'm not trying to like, you know, right, go right. off too far on a tangent, but you're thinking about the idea of Pokemon. These creatures are battling each other, you know, and it's like, a, it's an anime. It's like kids can watch it, obviously, but sure. so like they'd be a little like worse for wear to go into the Pokemon Center. And again, the show's done very right. like happy go lucky. So, but you're not really thinking, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there have been Pokemon <laughs> who have um, not made it. Um, which is why there are also ghost types. So, I mean, yeah. that also stands the reason. So, I mean, Lavender Town, but yeah, that's, that's exactly it. I don't know. I, I feel like the best way for uh, us musicians to tell our stories is to really make them our stories. Maybe, <laughs> you know, the game doesn't have to go the way it went or the, your covers can go a different route than uh, the game does in a way. Right. That is a very, very good point. So one thing, though, before we close out, I did want to ask one question. Is there one cover you have not done yet that you've been aching to do? Or is it a secret? Uh, well, first of all, don't give me too much credit for thinking far ahead. Um, I will say one of the greatest things about doing covers the last like year is that, um, I've slowly started to like realize that posting to Spotify is more successful than YouTube, unfortunately. So I've been like slowing down my output, which means I kind of savor the videos I'm doing right now. I want to get at least, um, there's one huge Halloween video coming up. I want to film Lavender Town this weekend, actually, for Halloween. And uh, we've got a whole horror movie-esque sort of story going on there. So, Cannot you know, wait. once I finish Metal Trainer's kind of like music video stock, I have a couple plans for November, at least. Um, with the release of Disney Plus and Star Wars Episode Nine. there's videos coming out there. And truth be told, I don't really have um, that itching, burning desire to cover 
you know, too many specific games. Uh, I think when Breath of the Wild 2 comes out, I will definitely plan to do things there. The number one song I haven't done that I need to do is Corridors of Time from Chrono Trigger, though. Yep, done. You said Chrono Trigger, I'm in. I need that in my ears and also eyes. There's a video for it. Oh, absolutely. But I mean, as you're aware, it's such a phenomenal song and it's been covered in so many phenomenal ways. And I've even been able to be a part of one or two people's versions of that. Um, one of my favorites is my uh, friend Julia Henderson's cover of Quarters of Time, which is very lyrical. Um, and of course, my friends Insane the Rain Music have done it. I think uh, Sabah Reen's done it. Uh, my buddy Rich Howdy B has done it. <laughs> and like the, the list keeps going on. I'm like, I'm, I'm running out. <laughs> like, but I, I, know, I know I will use the sitar in it. And I know that I will have to film it on some sort of like crouching tiger hidden dragon level mountain peak where it's just, you know, I'll have to go all all out to really tribute. Because, you know, when you love something and it's like your real passion project, you don't put your name on that until it's it's golden. <laughs> exactly. And I think that right there is what makes your work so remarkable and i'm glad we had this chance to chat and hopefully everybody goes out and listens to the metal trainer album and also just check out his youtube page because again there's so much stuff that we could probably go into these deep dives in but we'll have to save that for next time hopefully (laughs) well first of all make sure everybody knows where they can find you so feel free to plug myself sir Sure. So if you want to catch me on YouTube, I upload every week, Wednesday, assuming I'm not <laughs> making a bigger video, youtube.com slash C slash Panuganti. You can find my work on uh, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, wherever music is sold. And of course, uh, my social media handles are uh, Ropanuganti on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Um, oh, and Bandcamp. That's where you can get all of my Materia Collective published albums who, uh, not sponsored, but they are the reason why I can make uh, albums. They are phenomenal people to work with. They made uh, everything, right? They made uh, Breath of the Wild album. They helped me make my Super Metroid album. And of course, Ocarina of Time album and Metal Trainer this year. So... I cherish them very dearly, and uh, Sebastian Wolf, of course, who's founded and guided me through much, much, much of this. So I wanted to think of a track to close out with, and as much as I would like to play maybe like the battle theme or like, you know, the Pokemon theme, we've been talking so much about it, and I feel like this really does encapsulate, at least to me personally, what makes your music so great. So I feel like it may be an interesting choice, but I feel like we should hit him with the uh, the Pokemon Hospital for the closing on this. Because again, I'm sorry, I love this song so much. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It's it's if if it helps it not be a sour note, the Pokemon lives <laughs> at the end. But trust me, you if anyone who's listened to this place Pokemon, you've been to Lavender Town, you know how it goes. You're all right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but thank you so much for chatting with me, and I really hope we get a chance to do this again. So yeah, everybody absolutely. go out, listen to Metal Trainer, listen to all his other stuff, and that'll do it for this episode of Asian Has Issues, and we will see you next issue.
For more great podcasts, visit adrianhasissues.com.